It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Oh, and we are back with another episode of the Take Talk Podcast here on the Fantasy Points Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brett Whitefield, and we got Stephen O'Rourke, my co-host, sitting right there looking spiffy with the blue and on blue. I like it. I like it. Steve, how's it going? How are you doing this morning? Doing great. I actually think I feel like this is the first time I've worn something different in like the last three weeks. I know that I realized like the three weeks prior, I had just accidentally worn the same shirt. And it's not just because I was wearing the same shirt for three weeks straight, but all the, I just I noticed today I'm like oh I'm not wearing that I there's this like golf pullover I have I realized it's like my morning shirt I don't know it's weird but I'm not wearing it today something will switch it up a little bit my morning shirt that's like that's just sounds unnecessarily bougie this is my morning shirt. <laughs> it's not if, I, any, uh, if, if anything it's the opposite of that I don't know why but this reminded me of a guy I trained jiu-jitsu with he um he shows up to the academy in uh in like this versace bathrobe oh god and it's like got like it's like fur like he drives a range over pulls up he gets out of his out of his truck in this versace bathrobe then he goes into the locker room to change into his jujitsu clothes and then when he leaves he puts the versace bathrobe back on it's it's incredible dude i'm like i i mean wow see that would make you see that would make me think that you're practicing with a prize fighter there you have this like prize fighter ufc or boxer who just like shows up at your gym struts around does his thing and then gets out of there yeah basically um let's dive into some nfl news real quick real only thing of note steve is we got jalen ramsey's practice window being activated today 21 day window there that should help the miami secondary which has been kind of bad yeah, yeah, it should help their defense as a whole. It's like the one weak spot. Well, one of like two, maybe, but like a weak spot has been their defense. And I don't know if they can, if their defense can take a step up, then look out to the rest of the NFL because that, that could be dangerous with a high flying offense and a defense that can shut down the pass. Yeah, for sure. Um, there wasn't anything else, right? That was it. I don't think so. The only thing that's the only thing I feel like the only other thing that's happening this week is that Chargers fan thing going around right now. That's about the only other. Oh, the one where the woman got called being a paid actor or something. Yeah. I don't know how people have time to care about that. I don't know how if you're like the the account that did that. Wasn't that like an aggregator account, too? Yeah. So why? Why are you putting your nose where it doesn't belong? You're a content aggregator. (laughs) Because that's what they thrive on is just if there's not a storyline, they that they create the storyline that then gives them the content to aggregate for the week. That's just like it's it's a self fulfilling prophecy with that one. It's it's just stupid. Yeah, man, <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> All right, let's dive into two truths and a lie. And this week, it is my turn to to go at it. Steve, this was tough. I it's, I don't like to lie in general, so it's really hard for me. To... 
come up with something here. But I, anyways, I'm just going to rapid fire these. You tell me which one's a lie. All right. I've been to five continents. I don't work out. I think anabolic steroids are bad. <laughs> I don't know. This is going to be a tough one. <laughs> I think it's that I don't work out. That's correct. That was the lie. You've been I've, to five I've continents? Gotten, yeah. Yeah. What, Australia? I used to, I used to travel for, I used to North travel America? For North America, South America, Africa, Asia, and Europe. Oh, you haven't been to Australia. Is one of the, one of the two that you haven't been no. to. Australia, which I would love to go to, by the way. Same. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Antarctica, no interest, really. You know, maybe. No. <laughs> I mean, you're not a researcher, and yeah. that's about it. <laughs> I think that's the only reason to go down there is if you're like a, you're a biologist or a researcher of some kind. Then. Right. And I have no interest in checking seven off my list. It's not like a bucket list item for me. So right. there's no reason to go. Right. Australia would be dope. I, I definitely plan on on doing that soon. So Yeah. I have a family member that goes every year because his brother lives down there and he has nothing but awesome things to say about it. Nice. I have some old friends that live in Melbourne or Melbourne, Melbourne, Australia. So I'd love to go check that out. Um, yeah, and you know, I don't think anabolic steroids are bad. I think everyone should be on anabolic steroids. <laughs> um, I like it. But then I do work out, so that was the lie. You just <laughs> I don't know how you got that one. I don't know. It was tough. It took me a second. The reality is, I just wanted to start the show, and I don't want to sit here and think about it. So <laughs> it made it easy. <laughs> we'll say we'll save the more thought-provoking one for another day. Yes. Yes. Um, all right, dude. Let's. Uh, one quick thing I wanted to do before we, we're going to go game by game this week and pick them. Um, we survived a terrible slate in week six, and we're going to have to do it again in week seven. <laughs> well, I think twist. this is a little better, but my God. Anyways. Um, yeah. Yeah. Before we dive into that, I thought, you know, six weeks into the season, at least everyone's played five games. We can have a brief intro to the MVP discussion. I know it's really early, but things have been. I don't think as advertised like this season, like I would, I don't know who your front runners are for MVP, but I bet you the, the three guys we end up discussing, we probably wouldn't have discussed before the season started. Yeah. So, um, I don't know where do you, I guess the question I wanted to go is the lions here are sitting five and one. The resume is outstanding. They've beat, they've three, no on the road. They've beat three first place teams. They, um, they've beat the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champs. They have won three games in a row by 14 points or more. I'm sorry, four games in a row by 14 points or more. Um, that that has never happened in our lifetime, Steve. The last time that happened was in the 1960s. Yeah. So where does Jared Goff sit on the MVP totem pole right now? I mean, gosh, I think, like he's top two, I think like two or three. I think like in my opinion, it's he's doing everything that you would want from an MVP candidate. Like he has operated so incredibly well. <clears throat> he's mo- he's moving the offense, operating the offense well. His numbers look great. He's, you know, top 5 in just about all the metrics that you would care about for a quarterback and what they, I mean, now they've put up 20 points in their last, their 20 plus points in their last 15 games, which also would like if you go back to last year, which also is, um, 
uh, you know, a record and something that I don't think has happened in our lifetimes either with the Lions. And so I just don't know how, like, I can see where, you know, if you want to lead the conversation off with Tua, I can understand that if you're a fan. And, you know, there's obviously some other guys that um, deserve to be at least discussed. But if I, I don't know if Jared Goff isn't on your short list right now, I think that you're dealing with a little bit of bias. And I listen, I get it. It's hard to get behind the Lions being good and the Lions being this legitimate contender. You know, it's not something we've seen in a long time. So, like, I understand, but it's like we, I think people are starting to give him his flowers for what he's done because he's just been so incredibly consistent and is doing all the right things. And that's amidst, you know, having not having his full complement of weapons yet this season. We haven't seen it yet this season to have with him with every single, you know, weapon that he could have available, available to him. Right. You know, now he's, now he's missing Montgomery. So that presents a new challenge for him. <laughs> I, you know, it's, but every single question that has been asked so far, he's answered. Yeah. It's, it's been pretty remarkable. I think Tua was one of the other guys I was, I was thinking of when I was mentioning, like, we might not have thought about this guy preseason. Brock Purdy's another one that's probably in the mix, even yeah. though I think, he got he kind of got a little exposed this past week, and I think you see what happens when he has to carry the 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 team or or steer the ship. I think that's probably a, a good a good sign that he's probably going to fall off a little bit. Now I still think Shanahan's great, great weapons. I think statistically, Purdy will still be very good. Um, yeah, but so there's three guys right there that no one no one was talking about as MVP before the season. Um, no, they're they're in the mix though. All three of those guys: Tua, Goff. Purdy, and then Mahomes is for sure in there still, right? I mean, he what he's doing with of course, no. I mean, it's worse than it was last year. Like last year, he had no pass catchers to work with, or at least no established ones. Juju was like his go-to guy early in the season. Juju and Kelsey, of course, and then Juju got hurt and tailed off, and then it was you know uh, it was literally a committee. This year, he's yeah. running with seven, eight dudes out there. And I think Rashi Rice is establishing himself as the guy, but it's taken some time. And Mahomes is still putting up incredible numbers despite all of this. Um, one thing that's crazy, he has 190 rushing yards on scrambles this year already. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, you're, I mean, you're right. He's, he's playing with what feels like a bottom-of-the-barrel type group. I agree. I think over the next three to five weeks, I think Rashi Rice is going to emerge as more and more crucial to that off, to that passing offense and that offense in general to move the ball. I think that he's going to be a good complement to Kelsey. I think he's going to be – he's already starting to and will continue to establish himself as a go-to target for Mahomes. At this point, all, it, all it's going to take is for the Chiefs to actually put him on the field – to be able to do that because he's still right. operating around like a 40% route share. It's like and slowly coming up, but yeah, too it, slow. It, I think last week was his highest percentage yeah. of routes and you saw it granted it was an ugly game, but you saw it and he made an impact here and there, but I think that that's going to continue to rise and he's going to continue to be a crucial part of that offense. And, you know, I think that you can see him explode a couple times and, you know, the more the more Mahomes can get an actually good receiver on the field, the better you're going to see him continue to be. 
But yeah, I mean, Mahomes is Mahomes. He's always going to be there. It doesn't matter. You can throw me and you out there at receiver, and there's at least a 40% chance that he could make something out of it. Yeah. Uh, Josh Allen, not on my radar right now. Too too many ups and downs. The roller coaster swings have been crazy this year. Um, I, I, same with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has as many interceptions as Mac Jones, which was a surprising uh, stat that yeah. I kind of, you know, it's not like a, a, a in depth advanced stat or anything, but it's it's pretty crazy that those two guys have thrown the same amount of interceptions considering every time I watch Mac Jones, I feel like he's throwing interceptions. So <laughs> I want every time I watch, I want to stop watching immediately. Yes. Stab yourself in the eyeballs. Yeah. And I don't know who knows. I don't know when that bias will kind of flip. Cause right now, if you were to look at like the odds, it does go to then Mahomes, then Josh Allen, then Jalen hurts, Purdy, Lamar, Trevor, Jared Goff. So you so still have, Huh? Golf is 10th then in odds right now? Uh, right around there. I'll tell you what, that's actually a pretty Eight. solid bet. What are the odds there? It is. Uh, FanDuel right now, I think you can get him for plus 1,900. If you went on DraftKings, you can get him for plus 2,000. It's, uh, let's, pretty good. it's a pretty good bet right now. Let's play a hypothetical game really quick. Let's say the Lions finish the season 13-4 and four or 14-3. and three. When you look at their schedule, that is 100% in the realm of possibility. They yeah. don't, the only two good teams they play left are Baltimore, which they got this week, and then yep. uh, Dallas later in the year. And I don't think Dallas is all that in a bag of chips. So, no. And then, definitely one you of know. Games. everyone else is, they're going to be favored in every other, well, actually, they'll be favored in every game for the remainder of the season, um, which is crazy. I mean, so yeah. there's a real chance they could go 14 and three, 13 and four. Let's say they do that, and you know they're the the two seed in the NFC. They win the division, and Goff keeps pace with his current numbers. I don't see. A, I mean, he's going to be a finalist for MVP. Yes, he has to be. Right. I mean, like, like let's let's put it this way: if you take his sample size from the, his last 17 games. So, we'll, you know, from last season up until now, I think his stats are right around. He's got about 4,400 yards. I think it's about 27, 28 touchdowns and then like five, six interceptions, something like that. And I think yeah. that the touchdown number is the one thing. Four interceptions. That, four interceptions, sorry. But I think but I think the touchdown numbers is the one thing that could get in his way. Yeah. Just because, like, you I'm know. Right. Yeah, and you know, voters love the gaudy numbers to look at, and it's just not how the Lions' offense operates. You know, they yeah, you know they true. obviously are airing it out more. You can see that the trust with Ben Johnson and Jared Goff. I've said it time and time again, but the trust for him to operate and really let loose is there. But listen, the Lions still want to run the ball and they still want to pound the ball, and that's the that I honestly, it's not the opponents, it's not the schedule. It's just the operation of that offense that stands in the way of Jared Goff. Yeah, they, this, I think they distribute the the ball so much too. So, you know, even without Montgomery, they're still going to come out and run it. It's going to be a lot of Gibbs and and Reynolds. Reynolds looks good, by the way. Yeah, um, he looks really good. Yeah, uh, pr- probably a lot better than he did last year, in my opinion. I don't know if he's lighter or something, but he looks like he has more wiggle. Yeah, especially at this point in the season, I think he looked. Um, 
he came on later in the year last year, but it's nice to see him involved early this year. And then, I mean, the thing that changes this all is if Jamison Williams continues to develop and be, and can turn into a sort of a guy or part of a guy, then that also could open up the possibility for, you know, those passing numbers to increase just because of the nature of his abilities, his deep threat ability. I mean, that opens it up for a lot more, you know, splash plays, highlight plays. Things, One thing things I found that really interesting, made. Steve, is JMO's presence on the field this past Sunday really changed what Tampa Bay was doing. They double, they straight doubled him at least once, like a true double team, and they bracketed him a ton. Like they were giving him a lot of extra attention, and he still snapped off Jamel Dean for that on that uh, hitch comeback. <sighs> that was whatever. I'm not, I'm not even sure what it was with the way it was ran. But, I mean, he – if that ball is a little bit better, he scores on that play. But Yeah, and that's – and it also – I think that it was – it was a little bit of Jared Goff. It was a little bit of Jameson. Jameson yeah. probably should have worked back to the ball a little bit. But that was hilarious watching that from the all-22 standpoint yeah. and seeing Jamel Dean absolutely like, – he was 10 yards past before he even realized what happened. It was like someone performed a magic trick on him. He's like, <laughs> what the – um, yeah, I highly doubt too that JMO's coach to run that route, like literally on the hash marks. Right. He's a little tight to the sideline there. I think he's, I mean, Jamel's a big guy. He's one of the biggest corners in the league. I think he probably forced him outside, but yeah, you know, JMO needs to understand that he's out of place and then work, like you said, work back to the ball naturally a little bit better. Um, but when you beat a guy by that, that crisply, you're kind of just probably assuming the ball is going to be there. <laughs> I mean, right. that was, that was nuts. Um, and then, you know, the touchdown catch was was really nice as well. And that was not a that was one of Goss' worst throws of the day, actually. And he still hauled that in for a touchdown. So yeah, good yeah. tracking ability on his part. Um, yeah. last, I mean, one last thing I do want to ask is: let's say Tyreek Hill breaks the receiving yards record. Ooh, ooh. Now yeah. I know, I know, to a, you know, it's a quarterback centric league. Oh, I don't think a wide receiver has ever won MVP, but I I think there needs to be more conversation around Tyreek being MVP because that, yes, I mean, they have Jalen Waddle, they have A-Shane, they have McDaniel, but Tyreek is, he's the, he's what stirs the drink of that offense. In my opinion, it start it starts and stops with him. And so I just would like – I think I'd like to see his name up there more because he's almost at 1,000 yards and we're not even to week eight yet. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, he he should be in the mix for sure. He's the scariest non-QB in the league by a mile, and he's probably scarier than all but like five QBs himself. So Yeah. Um, yeah, I I think you're probably onto, that, onto something there. Um, but we have belabored this and this – Intro to MVP discussion, way, way too long, Steve. So let's dive in to the week seven slate. We got 13 games this week, Steve. There's six teams on a bye. Um, I know the average fan doesn't care about that, but we do. And that's going to make this this week feel like a vacation, quite frankly. A <laughs> but, little bit. I know. I, I saw the schedule. I saw how many teams were on by. And I kind of like got a little bit giddy. I was like, oh, yeah. that means I was like, we might we might rattle rattle the data off before noon on Monday. Oh, which, oh, which yeah, that's exciting. That's, that's exciting for us. And that's exciting for all the, all the data suites of subscribers. 
Yes. Um, all right. The Jacksonville Jaguars travel to New Orleans. The four and two Jaguars travel to the three and three New Orleans Saints. Um, Trevor Lawrence has kind of been a bit of a mess lately, but they're winning anyways. Um, how do you think this game is going to go, Steve? It's so it's weird. Um, I mean, Vegas uh, Vegas puts New Orleans as a favorite right now. I think they're home about team. a point. They're I mean, yeah, home team, but they're a point and a half favorite. I I like uh, Jacksonville in this. I think Jacksonville's defense has been really good. They've been getting pressure. It's been the offense has been like you said up and down, but ETN has been a, a nice surprise. Yeah, I think that out. a lot. A lot of people were starting to, you know, harden their opinions about him. But I think that Trevor's going to be able to figure it out enough. I, I, New Orleans' secondary is solid. Their defense is solid. I just don't trust New Orleans' offense. I don't trust Derek Carr. I mean, I've seen too much. So far this year, I've personally seen too much of if a defense can hem in Derek Carr and keep their receivers at bay, then it – it reduces him down to two yard checkdowns to Alvin Kamara and and yeah. then twenty yard deep shots and they're not accurate deep shots. So it's, it's tough just, to know what we have because because Carr was been hurt. So I'm right. Like, I'm just waiting for the, the breakout moment with with this group because these receivers are good. They they're have, really uh, good offensive line. So they're really good. I mean, Rashid Shahid kind of turning into a more functional receiver than I think a lot of people thought. Like he see, he seemed gadgety when he first got in and that was exciting. But now I think that he's, be, he's more of a down in down out guy type of guy. And with Olave and Michael Thomas being healthy and, you know, back to not back to what he was, but he's functional and he's good at what he does. I think that it's just a, like, if there's a chance that this offense could come alive, if Derek Carr, gets healthy, figures it out, whatever needs to be done, gets done. Yeah. Agreed. All right, let's go like 30 seconds or less for the rest of these games. Are you ready? Yep. Detroit travels to Baltimore, 5-1. and one. Lions versus the 4-2 and two. Ravens. This is probably the second best game on the slate. Thoughts? Uh, I think... I mean, I think the Lions win this. I think it's. I think the Lions match up really well with Baltimore. What Baltimore does well, the Lions defend well. Agreed across all fronts. I don't think the Ravens' defense can stop the Lions' offense either. So, um, Raiders, three and three Raiders travel to the one and five Bears. This is a, a gross game, by the way. It's disgusting. It's the Raiders. Tyson Badgett is the starting quarterback for the Bears, and he looked i mean he looked like a what he what he is in the, in the, his, the time that he played last week was Either that an undrafted rookie or someone who played quarterback at shepherd uh both and <laughs> you could tell because they only ran screen passes and then the one and then the two times that they didn't he fumbled and threw an interception steve they ran ran the same exact screen four plays in a row <laughs> they were just alternating sides like it was freaking madden like ooh, yeah ooh, yeah you know, we got the field side now. Let's throw a screen that direction. Oh, cool. <laughs> Let's flip it left now. We're throwing a screen left. I Four mean, plays in a row. Same personnel, same exact look. Boom. I don't want to belabor it. I, like you said, I don't want to belabor it. But, man, the, the ability for the Bears to not, to not get DJ more involved when they should get DJ more involved is impressive at this point. Yes. 
Three and two Cleveland Browns travel to the three and three Indianapolis Colts. Browns coming off a bye. Um, who's starting for quarter? It's not Watson, right? No, uh, he's done for a bit. Yeah, it's um. So PJ Walker will probably stay, and I imagine he was fine. I mean, you know, he was fine enough, but Browns win this. It's their their defense is gonna. I don't think yeah. Gardner Minshew stands a chance against that defense. Lord, no. <laughs> no, they do not. Um, I also misspoke. The Browns are not coming off a bye. They they had a bye in week uh, five. Yeah, right. They beat yeah. San Fran last week. Much yeah. to everyone's surprise. Right. So, yeah. The only, only thing Colts might be able to get going is a little bit of a run game here. The Browns have been able to get run on a little bit the last few weeks. Yeah. But that... Uh, it could be a low-scoring game, though. Either way, like this could be. <laughs> oh yeah, you. I mean, this absolutely could be a thirteen to ten, seven. I mean, max seventeen, thirteen, just slugfest between two defenses. I think that, but I mean, I think it'll come down to when the Colts have to throw the ball. Uh, it's not going to go very well. You saw it last week. Gardner Minshew struggled when he had to really be a drop-back passer, and. Mm that Brown secondary is an even bigger step up from what the Jaguars are. Absolutely. All right. The four and two Buffalo bills travel to Foxborough to play the one and five New England Patriots. I'm not picking the Patriots to win a game the rest of the year. I've been burned twice now in the staff becomes <laughs> even favorable matchups at home and they are still just awful. They're terrible. Unfortunately, the bill Belichick era is probably going to end I don't know if that's a hot take or not, and it's not. It's just tainting his legacy at this point. So, I'm frustrated by it. But, anyways, your thoughts? Yeah, I. Yeah, it's the Bills, but I. I mean, I agree. I don't. I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's more of an accepted take at this point. But I just like it's the offense is just sad. It's just sad, and it's too bad because I really like that defense. I really do. And they've got a lot of talent and they've got a lot of ability. It stinks that they're missing Matt Judon. You can see where missing Matthew Judon hurts a lot at times because he's, he's a pretty quick, quick to pressure guy. And you can see that they kind of struggle to get pressure quick in a lot of situations, but well, they do such a good job of scheming it up and he's their chess piece. He's their Hassan Reddick, you know? Right. Right. They can use him similarly to the way the Eagles use Reddick. Um, you know, it's, I don't want to overemphasize this for like the 4,000th time on this podcast, but you need wide receivers in the NFL, Steve. You can't win without good wide receivers. Yeah. At least one. One. Bad for Mac. And Mac looks terrible. And I'm not giving him any excuses, but like for the love of God, he's throwing the ball to absolute scrubs. Yeah. Um, he, no finally, he, he finally puts what was probably the best throw of his, of the season into Devonte Parker's hands and he drops it. Yeah. And it was just, that was all encompassed the season of what is has and will continue to be for the Patriots in a league where, or in an era of football where there is no excuse to not have wide receivers. Somehow the new England Patriots don't have any. It's so weird. There's dude, every year there's 20 receivers that are good prospects in the draft. Every free agency, there's a couple guys available, and you end up with nothing always. I don't, it's not like it's not like they haven't tried. They've just picked the one guy that isn't. 
Well, well, they haven't drafted someone high in a while. Oh, they did. Not high. Not hot. Well, I mean, Thornton, not, yeah. They, they took Tyquan uh, Thornton. I mean, they took yeah. Akil Harry before that. So, it's. I mean, yeah, they're not taking a ton of swings at it. But when they do, they manage to pick the one guy that turns into a flop amongst well, a lot of classes that have turned into a lot of – into very good receiving classes. Belichick has the crazy – and we're getting belabored again, but – Belichick has the craziest resume ever when it comes to wide receivers. He literally can't draft them. Like if you if he spends a day one or day two pick on a receiver, you know he's a bust. Yet he finds <laughs> he's found uh, a Dion Branch, uh, a Wes Welker, a Julian Edelman, uh, Kendrick Bourne. Like I don't what like what the heck? Like how did like all those did guys? They, did they draft? Did they draft Jacoby Myers? Uh, yeah, either the seventh round or he was an undrafted free agent that year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like somehow he can find these guys, but he can't actually draft the studs that need to go with them. Like imagine if they would have hit on a Nikhil. Like say they take Brandon Ayuk that year instead of Nikhil Harry. Um, Ayuk probably went before Harry, but anyways, let's just say that happens. They take Ayuk, and now they have Ayuk and they take AJ Brown. Yeah, AJ Brown. That wasn't that year. Right, it was, wasn't it? It was, yeah. That was the Debo, yeah. Debo, Metcalf, AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin, any of those guys. You pair them <laughs> with Jacoby Myers, and you're cooking with gasoline for five, six years. What are we doing? Yeah, yeah. Tom Brady probably never leaves. <laughs> Rewriting NFL history, right there. Yeah. Uh, Washington commanders three and three travel to th- this is i'm just sad reading some of these games off <laughs> i know it's giants in new york or sorry in new jersey since the giants are fake yeah um, i think i mean i think it's yeah washington again it's the giants yeah. offense is so listless their run defense is so bad too i think brian robinson yeah. should just they should just give him the ball 30 times and just walk out yeah so um, all right, the Falcons travel to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is actually a decent matchup, interdivision game. Winner takes control of first place, right? Right? Yes. Yeah. Winner takes control of first place in the division. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is tough. What do you think? It's tough. I think I think Tampa Bay wins it, and I think it's because of their defense. I think that you know they were able to hem in. Uh, the Detroit Lions pretty well, a pretty good run game. Now, granted, they missed David Montgomery Montgomery for most of the game, but uh, I think that they're gonna they're gonna make Desmond Ritter drop back and win that game for him, and that's yeah. the one time. That's the time when Desmond Ritter can't really win games is when he has to really be a passer and he can't rely on the run game and a lot of you know a lot of the play action and different ways to scheme it scheme it up more affirmation that QB wins is not a stat. <laughs> not a stat at all. Um, I agree. Tam picking Tampa in that one too. I think their defense smothers Atlanta. 15 second question for you. Okay. Should the Falcons move off of Desmond Ritter? This season or like mid season this season. Did it look like I froze for a second? It did. I was just offended that I was asked that question. Desmond Ritter is terrible. He settled down a little bit the last couple of weeks and, and London and Pitts have gotten more involved and the catchable ball rate's gone up a little bit, but he's just not a guy. Like, not making the big-time plays you need him to make. If he has any modicum of pressure, he can't deliver the football. Um, I just – I would like to see Taylor Heineke at this point. I'd like to see Ryan Tannehill. I'd like to see anybody not named Desmond Ritter, honestly. Go yeah. trade for Mac Jones. I don't freaking care. Try something Ooh. else. 
Um, <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers travel to the Los Angeles Rams. This is a, it's an interesting game. Um, gosh, but the point I, in this game also sucks. But yeah, it, it, yeah, it does. But it, I, this all comes down to how functional the Steelers' offense can be. Yeah, I think the Rams win this one. I, yeah, I think I think so too. Yeah, um, I think so too. Cooper Nakua is the the duo team, the duo name I've heard. Cooper Nakua, I think they're gonna go go nuts or Puka Cup. Puka Cup. I, like I think those two should have a field day. Levi yeah. Wallace, Patrick Peterson, Ben Bad. Um, and I love the way the Rams are using these guys. Like they're moving them all around. You know, there's they don't have you know a position they play more you know more than other they're, they're basically playing right. all three spots 33 percent of the time or close to it so right and they just they just cycle them through and put the court could put cornerbacks and secondaries in hell yeah. trying yeah, to figure out how to match up against them yeah exactly so you're taking the rams too I'm gonna. I take it back. I'm gonna take the Steelers. I think that the Steelers can get pressure, and I think that that can that'll disrupt uh, Stafford. I think they'll win like 13 to 10. It's gonna be super ugly, but I think that it's just gonna be enough pressure, and the Steelers' defense defensive line will dominate the line of scrimmage that game. So I'm gonna be contrarian. I'm gonna go the Steelers. Right on. Arizona Cardinals travel to Seattle in division game. Um. My five-second take is I think this is a get-right game for Seattle. I think the Cardinal story is cute. They're competitive in every game, but I think Seattle should win this one. And, and Gino should have a nice bounce back. He's been kind of rough this year so far. Yeah, I agree. I think this – yeah, this is a chance for that passing game to really explode. Um, Gino had a tough matchup. Cincinnati played Gino really well last week. That wasn't – like yeah. the way they schemed their secondary and their coverages was really impressive. And Lou Anarumo is – Man, he's fun to his Big defenses Lou. are fun to watch. But yeah, I think that Gino finally gets to kind of, like you said, settle in, let the ball loose, get both Metcalf. I think that you know you could see JSN have a little bit of an, an explosion game. Um, yeah, I think that Seattle wins this pretty handily. Yeah, I agree with you. The two and three Green Bay Packers traveled to Denver. <laughs> God, this happens every football season. You get to the middle of the year, and when you know more about these teams, you're just like, oh, this looks awful. I don't want to watch this game. This game know, is it? could be disastrous. I mean, if if Aaron Jones is healthy, I think that the Packers maybe throw the ball 12 to 15 times, and they just run A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones all over the Denver defense. They Showed a little bit of fight last week, finally. Their run defense showed a little bit of fight. They didn't look completely lost. But, I mean, I think that the Packers will just dominate the line of scrimmage and they'll run up and down the field on the Broncos. Yep. Uh, One individual player I like in this game, if you're a DFS or, um, yeah, if you're a DFS player, is Jaden Reed. He gets uh, Jaquan McMillan. And uh, the secondary there, he's probably the the honey hole of the Denver secondary right now. Um, I think coming out of the bye week, there's no way Matt LaFleur doesn't recognize his need to settle Jordan Love down. Quick, rhythmic throws are the way to do that. Some scheme touches, get some jets and screens and shallows going. And and Jaden Reed's the guy to do all of that stuff. So big, 
big fan of Jane Reed for this week's slate. The Los Angeles Chargers travel to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, interdivision game, Justin Herbert sucks, yada, yada, yada. I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. That's it. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs. Hashtag analysis. Yeah, I'm going to take analysis. I'm going to take the Chiefs. I think it's incredible how the Chargers can protect for an entire game, and then when it actually matters and they need to protect Justin Herbert, their pass coverage or their um, pass protection completely breaks down to a point where Herbert's not not able to do anything. It's happened in two. It happened in last week's game, and it happened in the Miami game. Same exact thing. It came down to we need one drive to make things happen. Here we go, Justin Herbert, do your thing, and then he has. 0.2 seconds to throw the ball and he has a guy in his face immediately it's i don't know what is going on or why teams are able to all of a sudden scheme it up that fast but it, it i've noticed it a few times this year where when it really comes down to mattering they can't pass protect you know who justin herbert is early career matthew stafford yes you nailed it the same guy <laughs> same <freaking laughs> Gunslinger can't get it down, can't get it done against decent teams. We'll have all these amazing comebacks against bad teams. He'll yep. lead, lead the NFL and comeback win stat for years and years. Oh, he already does, by the way. I think he's got the most of the last two years, 15 or I something. I think so. But against any team that's decent, he crumbles every single time, just like Pat Stafford did. Maybe in, in seven years from now, we'll be talking about Justin Herbert getting over the hump and winning something. <laughs> Yeah, it'll probably need to be on another team. Um, yeah, exactly. I, these Chiefs-Chargers games have always been, have been fun in the Mahomes-Herbert sure. era. Um, but the difference this year is that this Chiefs defense is good. It's really good. It's really freaking and good. They, so got, they think, got arguably the best CB duo in the league. Yeah. I mean, CB yeah. And so I I don't know how the Chargers get their pass off, passing offense going. I think that... I mean, it's going to be uh, it's going to be fifteen to twenty targets to Keenan is, Allen again. Is it going to be an Eckler checkdown week? It That'd might be, be. for my fantasy teams. <laughs> oh, man, I need another twenty reception Eckler game. That would be sick. Yeah, I think it's it's either going to be that or it's going to be twenty four targets to Keenan Allen. Well, that's already happened once this year, right? Didn't he have catch the, like yeah, eight passes in a game or something? Yeah, I think they won that game though, didn't they? They did. Maybe. They did. All right, we have two more. The game of the week, I've decided this without your opinion, but it's the 5-1 and one Dolphins going to Philadelphia. I think you can trust that I would agree with you on that. Yeah, I, I did. That's why, that's why I didn't ask. But the 5-1 and one Dolphins travel to Philadelphia to play the Eagles. Eagles coming off a gross loss, by the way. Um, Dolphins, they've, you know, in the five games they've won, they've absolutely curb stomped their opponent. <laughs> Um, yeah, and in the loss, they got curb stopped. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, th- this is a good one, though. This is fun. I don't, I don't think the Eagles have the the secondary personnel to contain or even remotely contain uh, Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, especially because we've seen so many weird miscommunication issues on that back end this year with all the safeties in and out of that lineup. Yeah, uh, I think Mike McDaniel is going to exploit the crap out of that. I, I imagine Tyreek and Jalen have big games. What say you, Steve? Yeah, I want to find a. I think this could be a shootout. I think that we could see. Um, I think we could see Jalen Hurts kind of bounce back this week. But I, man, yeah, I don't. 
You know what? I'm going to just – this is for Chris Wacht. I'm going to pick the Eagles. Fire up. I'm picking the I Eagles just, too, by the way. You are? I just, yeah, I just think it's – Gonna, they're going to need a lot of score a lot of points. I do so. too, and I think that the Miami defense it's it's exploitable, and I think that the Eagles have the personnel to exploit it. Yeah, this could be so. AJ Brown is second in the league in receiving yards, right? Yeah, yeah. This could be just Tyreek and 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 AJ Brown in like a heavyweight boxing match, just exchanging blows back and forth. Just haymaker, haymaker. 40-yard pass, 30-yard pass, 60-yard bomb. Yep. And then what's interesting is you can make the argument Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell are the best number two receivers in the entire NFL. Maybe T. Higgins gets a a shout-out in that conversation as well. But, I mean, those guys are are tremendous players. I think Devontae would be a number one on most teams in the NFL, including New England, by the way. Same with Jalen Waddell. (laughs) Um, I think most receivers that aren't number Josh, one. Josh Reynolds would be a number one on New England. I was just saying, like, I think there are some receivers that aren't number ones that would be number one on New England. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, I'm taking the Eagles too. I think their D line is good. I think we've it's proven now that the way to frustrate Tua is to get in his face, pressure him. Now, McDaniel's yeah. done a really good job this year scheming around that. The run game, too, being so effective has been good, but you can't run on this Eagles team, I don't think. so. Yeah, and that's, that's the big difference is that yep. – the Eagles can shut down the run, eliminate play action a little bit, and you know force Tua to really think through his progressions. Yep. All right, now for the fifth consecutive absolute trash Monday night game, we get the San Francisco 49ers heading to Minnesota to play the Vikings. Um, I might not watch this game live, Steve. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I really might not. I mean, holy it, crap. It's great. I mean, great for Brock Purdy that, you know, the week after he really struggles and faces a, a very, very good defense. He gets to, you yeah. know, kind of bounce back, grease the wheels up again and go up against the Vikings defense. That is just not good. It's, they're not good. They can't get pressure. They can't cover anyone. It's they now, lost, now they lost Justin Jefferson. And so Kirk Cousins is dealing with that. It's just, yeah. It's crazy, too, because Daniil Hunter is actually having a pretty good season. Yeah. I'm also fully convinced if he didn't play for the Vikings, he'd already be on the Lions. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they they I mean they they, they got to trade him, right? Like there's no way he makes it past the deadline on this team. That yeah. be I think I think it'd be wholly irresponsible for the Vikings front office to have him on the team. Yeah. It'd also be rude to him, a guy who's given you everything yeah. for, for 7 8 years and to keep him on this team who's clearly about to go into a rebuild mode. Might not even have a QB next year other than a rookie. I mean, they would be doing Daniel a disservice and Obviously, yeah. the Lions would love to have him. They need him, but I don't think the Vikings will do. Although they traded at the deadline last year, so I don't know. Yeah, they, they did. They yeah. did. That it, was. It's not like Daniel's a young player, so they wouldn't be giving him, a, you know, someone who's going to come back to bite them later on. I don't think so. And I wonder if if they lose a couple more games and them being not competitive changes the landscape of their thoughts around that trade. Because I think that a lot of that was preseason, and I think some of the maybe the Vikings front office had talked themselves into potentially being a competitive team again this year. If they get to the point of the deadline and they have, you know, they're, they have three wins to, you know, I think selling, selling their good players to bring in draft picks is the way to go. And 
Yeah. Yeah. They, they have a rapport with each other and it'd be fun. Cause I think that Daniel Hunter would be kind of like the letting, adding the last infinity stone to what is the Detroit. Yeah. yeah what is the Detroit lions gauntlet on the, yeah. on their defense. So pairing him with Hayden Hutchinson on the outside would be fun, but nasty. Yeah. The Vikings have a lot to figure out this year. And I think it starts at the deadline with getting rid of some of these, some of these veteran older guys, but yeah. Yeah. We'll Good probably for do, we'll do a he deadline gets, show, not next week, but the week after, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Ski, no, it's all right, but scheme up and see what moves contenders can make. Yeah. Um, 49ers, I'm taking them, obviously. Um, even without yeah. Jeffrey or whatever, or, or Debo might not play either. Sounds like. Yeah. I mean, It'd be a great, it's a great situation, in my opinion, for them to say like, "Hey, we can sit you," because I think we can trust that the rest of our guys can handle their business against this team. Not that you know, I think that everybody everybody gives the respect to the next opponent, but I think they also understand who their next opponent is. When are NFL schedulers going to figure out what teams were fake last year and what teams were actually good, and they're going to put the good teams in prime time? Because for the love of God, Brett, can we get? an actual actually fun matchup between two actually good teams on Monday night, or is that just never going to happen? You want my honest opinion? I do. I think they have figured it out. I think if if you understand the way the bidding process works for games, I think the fact that this happens every year is proof that the schedulers give it out because CBS and Fox get first right of refusal. So they, they, I'm pretty sure the way it works, they get to protect a certain amount of games. Like we're keeping this game on our network yada 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 and then and then amazon and and sunday night football nbc and and espn or abc get get pick there so and i'm not sure what i think the hierarchy for those three rotate every week but so the the fact that this game is on monday night tells me that the schedulers knew this wouldn't be a great game because fox and cbs chose not to protect it yeah it's just funny for you i that makes sense and i think that a lot of, I, I mean, I feel like that was somewhat of a surprise. I did not know the ins and outs of that, of like some of that, as far as the hierarchy and what they can, what they can and can't do. So it's, it's helpful information, but yeah. Yeah. It just, it I would know. be nice if the NFL stepped in and was like, we want our best games on primetime. We're losing fans actively by putting the crappy games on primetime every week. So, right. Cause those are the ones that get the most burn. I mean, Monday night, who the hell's, you know, Sundays people have stuff going on Monday night. Who the hell's got anything going on other than to like, hey, I'll tune into the football game, and then they see the New York Giants walk out on the field, and they're like, oh, well, this is horrible. It seems like when we were growing up, Steve, Monday night was a banger every week. That's, and I don't know if that's just revisionist history or if I've, it's it's just like being convinced that prime time is like the time and all of that. But yeah, I feel the same way. Okay, it takes until about week eleven where we get a really good Monday night matchup. And Who that's the Eagles Chiefs. Oh, okay. The weeks before that are not good. You got like a you got a Broncos, there's a Chargers Jets game which you know, it could be what it is, it'll at least be interesting. But yeah, week 11, November 20th, we get Eagles Chiefs Monday night and that'll be awesome. fun. Sweet, looking forward to that. All right, everyone, that's going to do it. We're out of here. Um, thank you for listening. If you're a audio only subscriber or listener, I still want you to do me a huge favor. 
subscribe to the audio only feed on every platform you can think of. Also go to YouTube. Even if you never watch it on YouTube, go to YouTube, hit the subscribe button. It's fantasy points, YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button, click the notification bell. Just, you know, we're just looking for a little bit, you know, just a little bit, just a little bit of love, a little bit of love there that just, you know, it does good for the analytics does good for the, the sponsorships, you know, the paid, the paid ad reads we, you and Steve and I do every show, you know, <laughs> we'll get more money for those. And uh, anyways, yes, check us out on fantasypoints.com. The data suite is still kicking it. We have a new batch of tools um, hitting the market. I think end of week, maybe I shouldn't say that Ooh, I very soon. New batch of tools is going to be sick. And then we have the next batch already in development as well. We're constantly adding new cool things to this. The next group of tools too is going to be completely focused on simplicity. So one of the things we emphasized with the launch of the data suite was all of these crazy filters. You can you can break everything down a million different ways. Well, now we're getting back to simplicity. We're building some tools that take all the work out of it for you. You don't need to filter anything. They're going to lay out some really cool data points just so you click the table once and you're looking at it. If you want to filter for a week, then you can do that. If you don't want to, you don't have to. It's going to be pretty dope, though. Check it out. Also, all the content. I know Chris Wecht is dropping his five stats to know today. That has been a banger article, something I've been using every week. And all the media appearances I do, I just take Chris's article and it makes me sound super smart on the air. So anyways, check it out. FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points podcast feed. Stephen O'Rourke, follow him on Twitter. Brett Whitefield, follow me on Twitter. I just went over 10K. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, With that said, we are out. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. 